Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Greg Milliken, President of SaaS Shop, to the show, and Kai Sestik, co-founder and CEO at SaaS Shop. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be great. here. Yeah, great to have you both here. Really looking forward to the discussion today. So let's start out. Tell us a little bit about your backgrounds. Yeah, maybe I can start here. So I've been in the software industry for more than 10 years. Prior to SaaS shop, I was working to a company called Document House here in Finland and, and the Nordic countries. And, and we had a SaaS product called Chameleon. And I was uh, running the sales and marketing unit in that time. And after that, I met my co-founder colleague and we had a good discussion and did a little bit market research. And then we decided to start this SaaS shop. Okay, perfect. So, and so the sales and marketing background, now co-founder. And then Greg, yeah, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have typically, as, as you mentioned, I'm president of our U.S. business because we, by our, our founding corporation is in Finland, which is kind of an interesting connection. But I come from the ISV side, typically, you know, the software vendor and I'm dating myself, but way before SaaS was in the, in the game and mm -hmm. Kind of through a circuitous path of startup companies, typically in the marketing function in those companies, became connected with another Finnish company that for, I started their U.S. business. It's called M-Files. It's in the document management, information management space. And they're off at Centaur status. But my interest being in smaller companies and my Finnish network led me to meet Kai and this whole idea of, you know, having come from the vendor side, selling products and dealing with channels and all the things that go along with SaaS and that, this just business I found really appealing and interesting. And anyway, kind of too much, but that's what led yeah. to Yeah, no, I appreciate the background. I'm sure you guys have interesting discussions, especially with, with sales and marketing experiences in the past. So, but yeah, I appreciate that intro. So yeah, let's dive in, you know, and I don't kind of, if you want to start, kick us off here, but tell us a little bit about the products and services that SaaS shop offers. Yeah. So when we started this a little bit more than five years ago, we were thinking that there is, there was more than 20,000 different kind of SaaS tools. So how, however small and medium such businesses can ever find the right tools that they need in their businesses, because they're so busy with the, the core things that they're doing. And then we did a market research and we, we uh, look into how many of these SaaS companies are actually selling online. And at that time we found out that the, it was only like 30% of the companies that, that has these price plans and everything on their side. So then we started to think about this kind of online marketplace where companies can buy all their SaaS tools from from a single place so that was the starting point and, and these days what we're doing now so we're a little bit focusing more on a little bit bigger companies let's say more than 50 people and we consolidate their current SaaS spending so we can take all the tools that they're currently using and, and put that into our service so that in a nutshell yeah, and interesting. And tell us, say, like, this is now a category, right? Where maybe I'd say, I don't know, 10 years ago, not a category. So five years ago, where was this software category as far as SaaS spend management? Were you one of the early players? Did people know about this? 
You know, tell us the, the environment five years ago when you founded the company. Yeah, there were players in the, like the subscription management space, but there were more like these kind of reporting tools and this kind of stuff. So we were actually bringing a new element into that because you can actually buy from our site. So we have a, a web shop underneath the hood. So, so that was one element that we didn't find from the other players. And also we have this like API strategy that we can invite all these SaaS companies so they can join our API and bring their marketing materials and start to sell in our marketplace. Okay. Yeah. Really interesting. And, and Greg, kind of a question for you. And I don't know if you have any you know, color sure. commentary there as well, but you know, I was reading a post within the last week about maybe boards are have less appetite to expand international, right? Maybe it'll be cash burning in the beginning and, and just, maybe it's just not the time. Maybe we'll just slow international expansion. So I'm curious, you know, from Greg or, or Kai, you know, your international expansion, you know, say starting Europe and obviously Greg, you're head of us operations. So tell us a little bit about how, you know, your thoughts around expanding internationally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's an interesting challenge, you know, and I can't say I had thought of that as a strategy for myself, but I think the nature of it is in my experience, at least, and I don't know if it's a unique connection with the Finnish culture too, because it, it's just a, a very direct, honest, matter of fact, but precise in terms of quality and work ethic and all of that, that what I'm painting here is there's a foundation of that in my experience. And then having a very bootstrapped mentality when we came in, you know, I think a lot of people come in and they're going to take over the world or they think they got, you know, the U.S. market's huge and you got to have massive money, which yeah, you do kind of as you get to certain stages, but there's also a very lean way to do it. And, and that's kind of been the experience that I've had. And it, I think it follows through with our mentality too, which is not like growth at all costs, but kind of build the business, validate the go-to-market models, make it repeatable. Doing that in a lean way can be challenging, but then from that, you know, kind of growing into an environment where maybe more money is brought in through investment in that. So at least that's been my approach. And I think having the support of a very solid business in the Finnish companies that I've worked with has made that, have made that easier, I believe. And, or if not easy, it's probably not the right word to be using, but have, have given us sort of a, a foundation to do that. And that's how we've done it with Sasha. You know, we're just building it up and reaching out to companies. And you mentioned, I would just add, Ben, too, you talked about this category, you know, spend management, marketplaces as a way to, to buy software. It really applies to everybody. So what's interesting for us is, and I know you have a financial sort of focus and coming up from the CFO view, and then we've got the IT side that also is kind of a stakeholder in this, this sort of market. But what's interesting to me is it's, it's, it's new to most businesses we think of. They're not saying, Hey, I'm using SpinFlow and maybe you can offer something better. They're not, they're not there and uh, they're not thinking that way. And it's actually interesting that you'd say, wow, you could buy all your software in one place and you'd be dealing with a single invoice and that not losing any of your direct connection to those vendors when 
and you and you desire that. It's interesting how people are just not familiar with that concept, you know, to buy software that way, but it's growing. And I think awareness of it is growing. Yeah, and a great point. And Kai, I'm curious from an international expansion perspective, did you want to figure out obviously product market fit, maybe go repeatable go-to-market sales motion locally before expanding? So what what made you think or what triggers did you see that said, all right, it's time to go into the US? Well, when we started this company, it was really, really early days that we we figured that out that we need to be in the US because most of the SaaS companies, they come from the USA. And of course, if we think about the Finnish market, we have 5.5 million people over here. So this is not too big market, but it's a good test bed. So, so we have been trying different kinds of things over here. And when we find something that is working pretty well, then, then we think about that also in the U.S. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate that insight because that's such a common thing. It's like whether U.S. or non-U.S. based, like, all right, when do we take that leap? You know, maybe when do we open up a law office or, or hire someone locally? You know, always a big step in that process. So yeah, appreciate that insight. So you guys said founded about five years ago. So was that say around 2018 then? 2018. Yeah. Okay. So founded 2018. And do you have then is your HQ location in Finland then? Yeah, our, yeah in Finland, we have this OU, we called it over here. So, so the company is here and we own the, the US company as well. Okay. Okay. And then what's your current team size right now? We are around about 20 people overall at the moment. Okay. 20 overall. And anything you want to share around revenue ranges, AR ranges? Yeah, well, at the moment we are like 1.6 million in, in ARR. So they're trying to push that growth. Yeah. 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 Then no, that's great. And tell us, so how are you finding your prospects? You know, what, tell us a little bit about your go-to-market motion. Are you, you know, trying to find that CFO, trying to find the IT leader? You mentioned looking for companies larger than 50 employees and, you know, are you targeting all industries? You know, tell us a little bit about how you're finding prospects and, and what's your ideal customer. Dude, quick one to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me kind of take that one too. So sure. I think, I think you, you hit it. Well, Kai alluded to it, but we're looking at companies from generally 50 to 500. It could be 500 plus, but it's in that kind of smaller to increasing into a mid-size organization that's our target we're not really vertically aligned yet but we're very attuned to that as a strategy for us you know and watching where we're seeing you know uptake and where we see clustering of products and where that might lead us to an industry so we're probing there but we're still very horizontal in nature um as well and, and then we also, we also have an interesting element with our model that we haven't really talked about. And I'll speak about our go-to-market, but there's no charge for SaaS shop. So that is kind of interesting. We're not charging a monthly fee for our service. The way we make money is we're forming relationships with ISVs. And we try to really focus on those where we can find traction and good relationships, even preferred relationships. And we've got a number of those which leads us to kind of an ecosystem centric kind of play. So imagine they take Salesforce, for instance, if somebody was focusing on Salesforce, there's a huge ecosystem of apps that cluster around that. 
And very often we will find that that's where uptake can begin, you know, where a certain core business application is being used, a CRM. We happen to be really good partners with Pipedrive. We also sell HubSpot. Of course, Salesforce doesn't really enable selling their product through a channel, but there's some interesting connections and ways we have there. So approach to that. So, you know, that's kind of one of the ways we begin to think about targeting and going to market. But then the way we're executing is, is kind of in a very traditional way. We do build on those relationships and we try to find exposure to other customers. Take Pipedrive as an example. For instance, we have over 500 Pipedrive customers. You have many Microsoft and Google Workspace and imagine those core platforms are common. But that leads us then to a kind of a common thread of, well, hey, another product like Aircall or DocuSign or Active Campaign. Think of products that fit in with a core system like that. And that often leads us. So then to, to prospects. And then what we'll do is put what looks like traditional outbound inside sales, where we're taking basically outbound cadences, we're focusing on a certain demographic. It is indeed from 50 to about 500. And then we go to two personas. I may be getting into the weeds here, but as you mentioned, we got the financial persona, which is talking about how we can simplify your life and save you money. And you're not chasing down all these invoices and that. And then we've got the IT persona, which is thinking about, you know, just managing all these apps and, and the provisioning of user licenses. So we focus, we, we kind of cover that, that realm as well, not just the financial purchasing and billing, but then assisting the IT folks. And often it'll be the functional lead too. And that's a very interesting one. I would say our, our personas are more financial and IT, but then you've got that interesting functional lead, like the sales lead is probably going to be driving the decision around the CRM. And marketing is going to be driving it around the marketing automation. And we're still in a really testing that out and understanding what's the best sort of persona to go in. But I would say it really is probably the financial persona at first. So that's kind of how our thinking has sort of developed up to now. Yeah, it makes sense. So finance, IT persona, but mostly finance. And you mentioned earlier clustering. So do you make product recommendations, like you said? So if I've got pipe drive, and through your, your analysis of just your data set, you can say, well, a lot of customers then, or a lot of people, if they've had pipe drive, they have application one, two, and three. So are you making those recommendations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed, we're doing that. I mean, we're, we're doing it in kind of an, I'll say agnostic, if that's even the right term, but generally neutral, because we'll have multiple solutions in a given category. And, you know, some may lend themselves to a certain alignment, say with pipe drive, that would be different than say with HubSpot. And so, but we will do that. We'll guide, we'll try to guide and lead people. And that's actually an incentive also to the ISVs coming in because think of a marketplace, you know, think of simplistically Amazon, you know, just so we're all familiar with it and you've got sponsored products and things that might be of interest to you if you're using this class of product. We're, we're constantly trying to do that and elevate it. And, and of course, you know, that's, that's appealing to a new ISV coming in that wants to promote their product. And, and, you know, so we work with them in that capacity too. Okay. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I love that. So Let's switch over to the fundraising side and capital. So how much capital have you guys raised to date now? We have only uh, raised 
a little bit more than two millions. Okay, so, so two million, two million USDs raised to date. Yeah, euros at the US. Oh, euros. Okay. Almost the same. I'm saying, okay, okay, go well, to about two million euros raised to date, and then tell us a little bit about the progression of that. You know, what triggers or milestones led you to raising some capital? Here in Finland, we have this uh, entity called Business Finland, and they're really supportive if you want to go international. So we have been trying to use that, uh, of course, as uh, as much as possible. But of course, when, have, when we have seen growth and we have, we, we have seen that some KPIs, uh, it's looking good enough. So uh, that, of course, triggers us. Now we're building up the next A round, probably that, that is going to be in 12 months. So, so the yeah, KPIs I, are really important. I would add to that too, just to add- but shine a little more light on that, as Kai said, you know, because Finland, 5 million people, and they yet are a great base of technology and development. And, you know, I think it's also the most educated country as, as well as the happiest, I think it should be said, but, but the, the, the government is very supportive of international expansion. So that creates a relatively unique scenario for Finnish businesses. And maybe that's been kind of the appeal to me as well, which means we can run in a more non-diluted bootstrap mode where we're getting grants and very favorable loans that then allow us to kind of develop the business model such that when it is time to raise from a more traditional venture source, the valuation that we'll have would be commensurate maybe to what we would want to to give up for the money in. So we're in that between seed and series A, as Kai said, and the metrics are developing to where we believe, you know, in the next, what is it, Kai, maybe year, we might, little more than a year, we might be looking at a series A. And that would be all about putting the gas down on something we know. If that go-to-market is working, we know what it costs. You put five more salespeople on that and expand your marketing, spend a little bit, and it's going to scale. That's kind of where we're, we're targeting our series A timing, if you will. Okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So you're seeing some nice growth, seeing some KPIs moving in the right direction, maybe series A in 12 months. So say around a 2 million euro seed right now. And for the other founders listening right now, Kai, maybe any lessons learned in that 2 million seed seed raise? Yeah. So this was 1.2 million this this round, what we did just, mm-hmm. just a moment ago or a couple of months ago. So I would say that the, the, we need to put the KPIs in, in, in the good. And if you can show the growth and also, of course, that you can make some money out of the business, that's really important at the moment to get actually some money. But of course, I would say that having a, like a three years projections also that is looking good, that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and where would you say your business is right now? Do you think you've got product market fit locked in? So PMF done and now looking into just now sales expansion, expanding your go-to-market motion, or are you still a little bit in the product market phase? Or do you think you're beyond that now at your stage of company? I would say that we're still a little bit doing that product market shape. And, and a little bit building up the service and, and the reports and that kind of stuff. So that's why we need 
I would say 12 months, then, then we are ready for the next stage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate that insight because so important, right? Just the, you see those sequential phases within SaaS and sometimes overlapping phases don't, doesn't work out too well. But at your stage of business right now and your current revenue level, Kai or Greg, do you have a favorite number or metric that you're focused on to manage the business? At the moment, we keep it really, really uh, simple. So the, the main metric, what we're looking is is the monthly ongoing revenue. I would say that that's the most important. Okay. Yeah. That's a very popular one. MRR, you know, focused yeah. on that early stage. Yeah. So, you know, great. What about I would add, I would add Ben, and this is, you know, something that maybe is very close to any SaaS company is churn. And what I found very interesting about this business from a SaaS, typical SaaS vendor, churn is very low. So it's, I mean, think you never churn from everything typically. So if we're getting customers coming in, consolidating multiple apps, they might churn on this or churn on that, but they typically will not churn on everything. So our absolute churn is very low. And I just found that to be interesting that it's not as much of a, it's important to us and we watch it, but it's not like the, you know, the, the holy grail that, that a SaaS company typically follows churn with, you know, and it's, it's hard to meet if you're below that 10% number. You're in best in class. I believe that's still kind of where it stands for a SaaS company. We're down in the single digits of churn. So, and well, of, yeah. And of course, we actually had today a board meeting. So rule of 40 is one of those yeah. metrics that, of course, we look into. Okay. Yeah. Some interesting thoughts here. So Greg, right. You're saying churn is low. So of course, like, Hey, we don't really have to focus on churn because we've got great retention. Whereas others maybe still figure out product market fit high churn. It's like, well, yeah, we got to figure this out. But then kind of, yeah, board looking at rule of 40, which of course is the balance between profit and growth and, and usually rule of 40, a little bit later stage companies. But so you're saying the board is, is looking for balance there or do they want more growth versus profit? You know, what's their perspective on that? Yeah. At the moment we are looking for the growth, but of course we're, we would like to do it that in, in a profitable way. So I think that the market is forcing us to do a profitable business. So we cannot just looking for only the growth. So, so that's, that's the ball game. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because rule of 40 typically later, but again, from my perspective, rule of 40, you know, for early stage or earlier SaaS companies, if you're highly negative rule of 40, for me, that is a bit of a red flag. You know, we're not maybe optimizing for rule of 40, but highly negative. All right. You know, we don't have growth. We don't have profits. Something's got to change here. So, right. Yeah. You're looking for that balanced growth, with, which makes a ton of sense. So really appreciate your comments and insight guys so far today. As we, as we wrap up, what's coming up next for SaaS shop? Any, any new plans or expansion or products coming up? You know, let me, let me throw something in. I, I would say that we are really, as we engage more customers, we've really started to dial in. You know, if I were to look at the, at the market of, of spend management kind of services and marketplaces. And just this idea of procurement and billing versus really analysis of how you're spending and, and sort of how you're using applications. We've been more on the procurement and billing side. So we've been more just automating that. And if you're in a smaller company, maybe there's less 
less moving parts, obviously, and the numbers are smaller. So the sensitivity of deeper understanding of the organization's kind of spend and usage patterns have not been at the top of our radar, but we've really started to find some positive feedback from customers about helping them, on not, not real deep analysis, but enough to really expose kind of that spend management side and not just spend management, but something we call pro SaaS service model. And it's about really being that kind of trusted advisor, if you will, around software and helping that company understand. Sometimes that could be other products, like you said, you know, gosh, is there another product that could help you? Other times it's just about you know, hey, if you could move your spending to an annual on these products, you're going to save this kind of money and et cetera, et cetera. So I would just say for us, there's really an improving cycle around how we're offering the service to organizations after we've done this consolidation story. And that's getting really positive sort of reactions from our customers and they're guiding us in that way. And so that's really an element that we we want to do better on, we want to continue to enhance and refine. And it's, and it's, it really, that leads to that low churn too. If you're engaging with companies like that, they're just, they're getting value out of it. And that's something we're going to continue to enhance. And just one last question before we wrap up here, but I'm curious, right? You said about a you know, rough threshold of up to 500 employees and say going beyond that, say fortune 1000, fortune 500, is it just a much different process internally? I assume they have big procurement divisions, departments, you know, where the product just isn't a fit, or is it just more of, well, we've got to build out a little bit more within the product to fit large companies like that? You know, I would, I would equate it to the more pragmatic nature of it. It's not driven by a, oh gosh, this is a, an environment that there's a bunch of demands and needs that we necessarily can't meet today. And I'm sure there's, plenty of those as you get up into Fortune 1000 and larger companies. It's more just that it, like you said, there's an inertia there. There's procurement, there's longer sales cycle, there's more people and decisions. Where we might find a path in there is in a functional group that's doing a few things, you know, and they're not, you're not doing an organizational kind of purchase, but it's just shorter decisions easier kind of communication, fewer people to deal with. I would say that's really more the driver. Kai, I don't know if you have something to add to that. Yeah, and uh, of course we have the self-service element. So smaller companies usually like to use more like self-service kind of things. And, and we have been thinking that if we are good in the smaller side, it's easier to grow up into the bigger companies because if you do it other way around, it's harder to come down from the bigger companies to the self-service play. Yeah. Yeah. No, makes sense. Makes sense. Always part of that, yeah, that huge product strategy discussion of up market, down market. So really appreciate that insight. So if listeners would like to learn more about SaaS shop, where should we send them online? I would well, say just... startshop.com. Perfect. So that's yep, SaaS, really SaaS hop. So SaaSshop.com. So if you'd like yeah. to learn more about what they're doing there to help you with the SaaS spend management. Uh, so guys, really appreciate your time and sharing your stories today. Thank you. All right, Ben. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated you having us on. Thanks for the invite.